Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 191 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and thanks for giving this episode a listen. I will be sitting down in just a moment to talk with podcaster, radio host, former VFL announcer, and non-consultant, and that will make sense here in a few minutes, Neil Butler. Absolutely enjoyed uh, talking with Neil. I've listened to him quite a bit uh, in recent months and am absolutely fascinated by the work that he is doing. And I had reached out to him previously to get him on the podcast. And in a way, I'm kind of glad that, uh, I delayed it a little bit, uh, because he's doing so many new things now that we would not have discussed. And I was really, really glad to be able to bring those things in and talk about them. So folks, don't forget that if you are interested in having your local footy club get a shout-out during an upcoming episode, drop me a note via email or shoot me a message on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or on LinkedIn. I love being able to give the shout-outs to clubs throughout the season. And if you know somebody who would be a great guest or if you think you would be a great guest because you've got a terrific story, you know, maybe you have a connection to a former player, uh, as I don't have many of those connections being 15 and time zones, 14 times away, time zones away from, uh, Melbourne right now. Uh, throw me a bone there. If you've got, if you've got an idea, I've got a couple that I'm still trying to get lined up and that I'm really, really interested in, uh, in getting taken care of. Now, one last thing before we dive in though, folks, if you've not had a chance to listen to episode 186 of the podcast, I do hope you'll go back and listen to it. Uh, one of the things that I'm doing with that is just a little project. My sister and I are doing, uh, our mom is, uh, she lost somebody very close to her about three weeks ago, and uh, she's going to be celebrating her 80th birthday in just a couple of months here. And we're hoping to get as many different birthday cards for her from around the world where somebody drops in there a photograph or a postcard or a note about something that brings them joy or makes them happy. And if you, if you want to participate in that, that'd be fantastic. I've had a couple of them that have already shown up. I'm hoping there are a couple of them over the Pacific Ocean as we speak, maybe even the Atlantic. And uh, I will put the mailing address for that in the show notes if you want to check that out. That would be a huge help. All right, folks. Now, today's episode's club of the episode is being sponsored by MickAussie.tv. And MickAussie.tv is run by Kim Harrison, or as we call him here in North America, Mick Aussie. Mick has spent the last two decades running his sports comedy channel talking about the NFL, the AFL, as well as the Canadian Football League, the NBA, and the NHL. Every Friday night, he appears on Sports Grid TV with Gabe Morenci, and Mick was a fantastic footy player in his own right in South Australia, also spending a little bit of time in the Northern Territory. And this week's club of the episode are the Stony Creek Football and Netball Club. The Lions were established back in 1894, and according to their website, every weekend they've got over 100 athletes participating in both football and net, netball. And over the last couple of weekends, the Lions knocked off Tura by a wide margin, but got uh, 
defeated by Tarwin this past weekend. So best of luck to the Lions as they close out their fixture for this year. And one of the neat things that I saw on their website that I've not ever seen on anybody else's club website is that they they share the... Uh, and it's one of those things that I joke with people, you know, as a supporter of the club that I'm a supporter of. I always say that I don't want to put the four points on the ladder until I hear the, the club song in the changing rooms. Well, they put the recording, uh, the video of the, uh, the club singing the song up on the website. I don't think I've encountered that or run across that on any other club's website. That's really cool that they, that they do that. So check out the Lions website. A lot of great information over there. And best of luck to all of you. So let's dive into my discussion with Neil Butler. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my guest this episode is a teacher, a businessman, a podcaster, an announcer, and possesses what I believe is one of the most distinctly pleasant voices I've ever encountered in podcasting. I think he'd be enjoyable to listen to if he was simply reading the telephone directory. I am absolutely thrilled to welcome Neil Butler to the podcast. Neil, thanks for coming on this evening. Thanks, Craig. It's a great thrill to be here. And wow, with an introduction like that, I better put on my very best radio voice, hadn't I? Start talking like this. Hi, you're listening to 94.7 The Pulse. No, you, you just have a very, a, a very fun voice. You know, it's just, it's, it just kind of hits in that sweet spot there where it's, 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 it's an enjoyable thing to listen to, regardless of what you're talking about. Uh, and that's you're, not, you're not to say that the content that you're that you're putting out is not worthy of listening to, because it certainly is. Uh, <laughs> now, well, I, I was told by my late mother that the reason I have a voice like I've got is I drink too much Shiraz and I drink too much black coffee. And if that's the case, I say I'm going to drink more Shiraz and more black coffee because it is a bit of a, a trademark. Well, I do. I'm I'm with you with the coffee, so it's uh, not mu not much of a wine drinker myself, but I'll definitely I'll definitely keep up with you in the in the coffee so you started yep. out your career as a school teacher and if I'm not mistaken you were teaching physics and things of that nature and then you decided that you wanted to get some what they would call real world experience to bring back into the classroom and uh, you've done your research haven't you yeah well done yes I was also the first officially qualified computer teacher in, in the state of Victoria in Australia um, by virtue of my surname starting with B uh, because the lady whose name was starting with A, she wasn't there at the ceremony. So she got a certificate in the mail. I actually got mine, uh, but that was in 1986, I reckon it was. And, and at that stage, computer teachers were just basically teaching kids how to code in a thing called logo. Mm -hmm. And my thought was if I went out into industry and understood what industry wanted in the way of IT, it was going to make it a whole lot easier to develop a curriculum. So that was the intent. Um, I was going to take six months off. That started on the 6th of February, 1989, and the six-month still continues to this day. <laughs> well, I, as I was mentioning to, to Neil Off-Air, I said I've been teaching for 28 years, and I, I took the kind of opposite approach. And, and you know, because I spent four years in the military, then I worked in the business world for about eight or nine years as I was going through college in my first year, couple of years of teaching. Do you you know, having taught for five years and now with what you're involved in, do you advocate for the idea of, uh, of people who go into their classrooms to teach to have some other worldly experiences before they do that? It depends on the, on the subject. I think it also a bit depends on the person. Uh, you know, I've got friends who started school when they were five years of age. They went through to secondary school at, at year eight, at the end of uh, their 18 
you know, when they're 18 years old, they then went to university, studied for four years, then they walked into a classroom and stayed there till they were 60. And to me, that makes them potentially a really good educator and a really good teacher of facts and stuff. But depends on the subject. If you're, if you're teaching business studies, I haven't quite worked out how you can do that without having actually been in some form of business. Whereas if you're teaching physical education or you're teaching, I don't know, mathematics, pure mathematics, you're probably less important, I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's, I, I, I like the, you know, having the experiences that I had being able to bring that into the classroom. And I, and I think it's an advantage, but it's uh so are, are they holding your classroom for you or is, have they moved on and said he's not coming back? I'm hoping that they are because otherwise those kids that would have been sitting there in year seven waiting for me to come and teach mathematics would now be in their early fifties. And uh, they're probably given up all hope. They've, they've probably let them out, you know, for a bathroom break or a kick of the football at halftime, but otherwise, no, I think it's probably, it's all over, over. So you've, uh, with your, uh, your business background and you have so many different things that you're involved in you've uh, started and it evolved into what is now known as untypical mm-hmm. and uh it's you you say that it's not a consulting firm <laughs> uh which is which is you know because you know it sounds like you know consulting kind of sounds like you know thou shall to do it the way we suggest you're 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 there to kind of you know kind of say okay let's see how the, the river is going to flow and it's going to get you going in that direction tell us a little bit about what your organization does well the, primarily the organization is me but it sounds a lot better if you sound it like an organ it sounds like an organization there have been people come and go along the way and done work for me on contract and and sort of under license if you like but uh, in my mind there are consulting firms who the, the 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 saying is that you know a consultant is someone who comes and tells you the time using your watch and i i don't want to be a person who comes in and creates a uh, a, a methodology or a protocol or something that everyone's got to stick to whether or not it's the right thing. Uh, and whereas I tend to work on the basis that, uh, well, it's the old GSD uh, methodology, which is get stuff done uh, or you, you stick in whatever other S word you want to put in the middle there, but get stuff yes. done. I'd much rather get to an end result and say, guess what? We're all happy. I'm moving on to the next place than mm-hmm. sit around putting a methodology in place that we all have to trip over. And so my thinking was described by someone as being really quite untypical. And so the business started off as untypical thinking Um, as it may become evident. Now I've also got a couple of ideas around media and podcasting and all that sort of stuff. So I end up with untypical media. So I end up just changing the name to business to untypical. Okay. And and as I was, as I was reading through the, the, the website, which I'll link in the, in the show notes, you know, you, you, uh, I saw the words simplicity and pragmatism show up and I, and I love, I, I love that word pragmatism because I, I don't think it gets used enough anymore. Yeah. The, the line you just shared there with about, you know, telling, telling you the time with your own watch. I, I, I've never heard that before, but that just, that just makes sense because I, I, I joke with uh, the, the school district where I teach, you know, we have our, our, what we call our building leadership team. And it's a group of people that will get, meet every, you know, couple times a month to talk things out. And I, I joke that being as old as I am now that I, I have secretly started what I call the BPT, the building pragmatist team, which is the <laughs> group that sits at our meetings and goes, we tried that crap years ago. It didn't work then either. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I'm hearing you. And, and I think, you know, by the way, we've now had 87% of all consultants turn off because they're now feeling like we're having a crack at them. We're not. Well, we are. But I think the, the thing also is that, you know, uh, 
if you sit around just sort of pontificating about stuff, um, it generally ends up more complex than it was. So I, I had, there's a blog post somewhere. I can't remember. I've, done, I've got that many blog posts and podcasts and stuff where I describe myself as an anti-complexificationist. And so instead of simplifying stuff, people like to complexify things. So I assumed that a simplificationist, the opposite would be a complexificationist. Well, I'm an anti-complexificationist. And I had someone come up and look me in the eye one day and go, surely you just mean you simplify things. And I said, yeah, but that's the point. Why why call it simplify when you can call it anti-complexification? You know, it's that whole (laughs) irony, you know, and it it was lost on him, I've got to say. But why do we need to make things more complex when making things more simple and more pragmatic is the way to fly? It's going to cut so much cost. It's going to make things so much more efficient. Wasn't that one of the songs from Mary Poppins? It may well have been. Okay, or or Super Cali, whatever. (laughs) But I think I think anti-complexification is slightly longer and has more syllables in it. Yeah, that's it's it is just it's. I think you're right. It it that that it's uh, things tend to become complex when they don't need to be, and it's uh, yeah, and it kind of dovetails into your to to one of the other things I really wanted to talk about with you today is the fact that you are a very prolific podcaster. And you have, uh, you have, I've listened to one of your shows, uh, quite a few episodes of that. And I just found out that you actually had a, a second one that I'm wondering, because I've been listening to one called the Regional 250, which we're going to get into. But I think what was the predecessor to that was one called 100 Towns. Did that, yeah. did that kind of evolve into the other one? It did. And part of the reason for that, 100 Towns, as the name would suggest, I was going to talk to people in, guess how many towns? And uh <laughs> I started off thinking to myself, I because Australia is a big place. I mean, it, you know, it, and the population here is 25, 26 million or something in, in an area that's almost the same size as, as mainland USA. It's, mm-hmm. it's there, thereabouts. So we're about sort of, it's very widespread. And how do you find someone in a town like Maree? Uh, Maree uh, is about 500 kilometres from any town that's got more than 100 people in it. Now, you find that by going to the pub. So I rang the pubs in these towns and said, I want to talk to the publican. Now, after 13 of them, I started to run out of people who wanted to talk to, I think it's 15 maybe, who, people who wanted to talk. The deal was you had to be at least an hour's drive from a capital city. You had to be in a town less than 1,000 people and you had to run a pub. That was basically the, the criteria. I couldn't find enough people. So I thought I've got to broaden the 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 appeal a little bit here. So rather than just being restricted to pub owners, I've thrown it open. That's why it's become the regional 250. Okay. And the, for those of you who have not checked it out in, and if you're in, if you're in Australia, you're definitely going to want to listen to this because it is a, it's just a, I, I just right now, I think you're about 35 episodes in give or take a couple uh, that are just little microcosms of the great country you know, looking at it from different places. And it's allowed me as somebody who's never had the opportunity to visit Australia yet, yet uh, to kind of sit down with a map and see where it is that you are, you know, where it is that you're visiting during these episodes. So it's a lot of fun. Um, it, it's a little formulaic, but that's not a bad thing because you, you're covering kind of the same material with it. So it's, it's, it's really neat how you, you've approached this. What have you learned so far? 
Uh, I've learned all sorts of things. And I was, I was saying to someone the other day when I was doing one of the episodes, and I've referred to it in one of the episodes, it'll probably pop up in a week or two or three. It, something like 65% of the Australian population lives in one of the seven capital, te- uh, capital cities. Mm-hmm. It's a massive disproportionate. So there's about 10 million people living in regional Australia. And therefore, there are 10 million storytellers. And if I rang up a person and said, hello, my name's Neil. I want to talk to you for half an hour about your town, about your story. It's got weird written all over it. It's got, you know, stalker written all over it. Right, if right, I right. Really say, I'm doing a podcast and I'd like you to promote your town and tell us a bit about your story, suddenly it becomes legitimized. So it's self-indulgent to the extreme, mm-hmm. but I'm mm-hmm. getting to chat with some incredibly interesting people and people who have for example, the first episode, the lady started, a, um, she started in retail and then she decided to uh, start a business coaching course. The second bloke I went to school with in the, the <laughs> 70s and he went into a really high powered advertising role. He was going selling advertising to, to you know, the various uh, radio stations on behalf of businesses and stuff. He and his wife decided they'd, they'd do a tree change. That is, they'd go and live in the bush somewhere that they'd had enough. They've stumbled over a winery. They now run a winery in regional regional Victoria, the state I live in. And, you know, it's kind of was an accidental, you know. We spoke to another person who lives about 1,500 kilometres away from the nearest capital city. You know, there's just some amazing stories out there. Yeah, they've, they've been a lot of fun. I, I, I know I listened to the first episode because she she started that uh, the Facebook group and the uh, the the re- it's like kind of like their retail network for the small yeah. small community retail such which i thought was fascinating yeah the, the the buy from a bush business there are two very similar names there's buy from the bush and buy from a bush business jen's behind buy from a bush business she started a facebook group now we've all been involved in facebook groups it mm-hmm. went over a period of 3 years from something like having 500 members to 370,000 members in the group wow now, when you think about it, uh, that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so that's now evolved into a thing called Spend With Us, which is a website that if you run a small business in the region, so I can't, I'm, I'm in regional Victoria, but I'm not far enough out of Melbourne to be considered really regional. So I can't, I can't participate. But if you run a small, you know, like you run a winery, my mate who runs the winery, or you run a small craft business, or you're making goat's cheese or whatever, you can actually have a page on this website and all of the, the um, all of the you know purchases and stuff are out of regional Australia. It's a great great program. Yeah, it it, it really it really was interesting. I, I've I haven't looked at the the page yet, but just it was it was fascinating to see that 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 they're working together to try to promote all of these different things. So yeah, like I said, I really enjoyed the the regional two hundred and fifty show, and it and it's um, Thank you. it is it's one that I yeah, I it's a great length also because when I take my, my older dog out for a walk, that's about as far as she can walk. Uh, so it's worked out nicely as far yeah, as they that work goes. Out between about 23 and 28 minutes generally, depending upon how talkative the guest is. Yeah. Yeah. It's so one of the other things that I've noticed is that you've, you've had a lot of uh, a focus in terms of the advertising on there with the heart of the nation program. I know, and I noticed that on your other show that the the two two blokes chatting that you've had, uh, um, Greg Page, who you know we all know is the the Yellow Wiggle, um, yes, uh, <laughs> who's part of that organization. There is the Heart of the Nation program. That that is uh, that's where you're trying to get notifications about having defibrillator machines in 
different businesses and such out in the community. Is, is, is that something that is kind of near and dear to you or how did that come about? Uh, congratulations being able to say defibrillator without stumbling over it. I generally, <laughs> stumble, I generally stumble over it. So they are known as defibs on our program. Um, yeah, so uh, I was uh, involved in a relationship with uh, someone who had, uh, had suffered a, a, a significant loss in her life um, to heart disease. Um, and so I launched a program with her last year uh, called Heart A Day. We decided that there were too many Saturdays in a in a, uh, in a year, so we decided we'd have a Heart A Day. And on the, I think it was the 23rd of October last year, we we basically did a 12-hour radio program on my online radio station, and we we interviewed people, including Greg, and we we spoke to people who were heart attack survivors. We spoke to people who were part of the Heart Foundation of Australia uh, and ended up having a four-hour 80s music party at the end. And in the in the end of the day, we had raised $21,000 for, that's wow. obviously, that's about 15 grand of yours. Um, so yeah, we, we it was just a mind-blowing experience uh, and getting people like Greg involved. Um, Greg, for those who don't know, Greg being the yellow wiggle, when he, he had something wrong with his heart when he was in the wiggles, he gave it away and, and passed over the yellow skivvy to the first of the non-originals, if you like. Mm -hmm. And I think it must have been 20 years or something like that. They came up for 25 years. They decided to have a reunion concert. And at the end of the reunion concert, as they were walking off stage, getting ready to come back for their uh, encore, Greg just disappeared out of shot and had, had a cardiac arrest. Fortunately, wow. there was a defibrillator. There it is. I got it out. Uh, in the building. And uh, interestingly, the two people who came to his assistance were a doctor and a nurse, and neither of them had ever used a defib. And these AEDs, automatic external defibrillators, um, basically you open them and they talk to you. Right, right. They say, right, tear the shirt open. Uh, if, uh, you know, if there's, um, uh, make sure that there's people stepping back and they, they tells you where to stick them. It actually shows on a diagram on the screen where to put the, the, the pads mm -hmm. and then bang. And some some extraordinary percentage, like if you get a defibrillator onto you within three minutes of suffering the cardiac arrest, you've got something like a 70% chance of survival. So okay. some, it's quite an amazing statistic. So what Greg's done is set up this organization called Heart of the Nation. If you have an AED in your business or in your shop or in your home even, you can register it. You get a sticker to go in the window. That a bright yellow sticker, of course, because it's Greg, yes. um, that says Heart of the Nation defib involved in here. And you are effectively volunteering it to the community that if someone needs it, it's there. And it's also an app that goes with it that right now I know that my local supermarket is the closest place for an AED for me. It's about 1.2 Ks from where I live. Okay. Okay. It's and, yeah. I, and I remember hearing something about him having that 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 episode during the the concert. I remember seeing that. Uh yeah. And, and, yeah. And it's great to know that he's, that he's doing well and, and that he's gotten himself involved in this. You know, of course I, I have seen the gray wiggle commercials on television with uh, Simon <laughs> Cowell, which I, which I think are hilarious, but it's uh yeah. Well, of course the first non red green, sorry, was it red, purple, blue, and yellow? The, the first one was Kylie Minogue, who was a pink wiggle. Um, Kylie being of course uh, an Australian performer and uh has taken the UK by storm, but uh, yeah, so she was the first one. She was the pink wiggle. And okay. so the gray wiggle is the most recent one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, I think gray is a perfect color for him. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, you, as I'd mentioned, you, you have another show that you've been doing uh, with Rob Cameron, uh, the two blokes chatting. And that one kind of came about from what I was reading during COVID that got off the ground during COVID is just, and, and, 
it, and COVID was the approach that I think Victoria took and specifically Melbourne took was different than a lot of places around the world. You know, having interacted with as many people in Australia as I do, there were a lot of people who were relieved that they were staying healthy, but also a lot of people who were rather frustrated with the fact that, uh, oh gosh, I'm 5,001 kilometers or 5,001 meters away from my house. Are the police going to come get me now? You know, yeah, it's a, well, an interesting statistic is Melbourne. Uh, now, bear in mind, I live in Geelong, uh, which it will please you, no doubt, given the football team you support. Um, and and I live in Geelong, which is 70 kilometres out of Melbourne. So what is it, 45, 50 miles for those who mm -hmm. like to play in miles? Um, of which about 10 kilometres is, is quite, you know, countryside, paddocks, uh, canola growing, you know, that kind of stuff. Right, right. Um, so we are quite distinct from Melbourne. And they put this thing up called the Ring of Steel around Melbourne. So along the Geelong Road, there was a, a police roadblock that stopped you going outside. So regional people could go anywhere in Victoria. Inside the, the Ring of Steel, you could only have the 5Ks. Um, that made Melbourne over in all cities over something like 5,000 population something. It was the most locked down city during COVID right, of right. any city in the world. So there was a sense of frustration and uh, yeah, it, it was pretty nasty. I've got to say, fortunately, I, my daughter lives in regional Victoria on the other side of Melbourne. I could visit her by driving through Melbourne. I just wasn't allowed to stop. Wow. Wow. So and I had to get my license to say I was, you know, where I was going and, and yeah. the fact that I was a, a regional person. So did any, and, and I always have to do this, but did anybody let the Richmond Tigers know that the M1 southbound was now open so they could actually play a Geelong home game in Geelong? Never mind. Uh, but well, and most Richmond supporters don't even know there is another ground apart from the MCG. They didn't even realize that happened. So as long as yes. the other part of the M1 was okay, yes, no, it noted. And as a Geelong business person, on a serious base, on a serious note, it's something that makes me really annoyed because when Geelong plays at home, Mm -hmm. um, and or, or there's an event at Cadinia Park, which is about three kilometres from where I live. That's the home ground for Geelong. We had the Foo Fighters out here about oh, three or four months ago and did a one-off concert. They flew to Melbourne, came and did the concert, and Geelong went home again. Um, but when there's something like that, all of the cafes, all of the restaurants, all of the accommodation places just get a massive fillet. And then Richmond did a sook and said, no, no, we're not going to go to Geelong because we can get a bigger crowd at the MCG. Every single one of those Geelong businesses suffered unfairly in my mind. Didn't impact on me particularly, but anyway, I'll get well, off my soapbox. No, it, it's completely, trust me, there's plenty of room for you and I on that soapbox there. I, I'm, it's, it's the one thing as an American sports fan that I've not been able to wrap my head around. And of course, then then hearing the, the, the sooking going on when, oh no, they had to play a home game at Marvel. Mm. You know, you know, oh, to be fair, that's about three and a half kilometers from the I, MCG, you know, you know, but that between in that three and a half kilometers, it's you know, it's 30 kilometers of desert and a three kilometer wide croc filled <laughs> river they have to cross to get there. Oh, and the blizzards, like, yeah. even, no, <laughs> just bizarre, just so, bizarre. So, you, Hello, Richmond, yeah, yes, yes, I, I, that's that's I don't give. I don't give other, you know, anybody a real hard time, but I do like to poke fun at Richmond about that. So, it's a sport. yes, exactly. So you grew up and uh, as a Fitzroy supporter I and uh, you're now a Brisbane supporter, which, you know, is, and I loved your explanation as far as, you know, the, uh, why you are still a, uh, a Brisbane supporter today. What was your, what was your greatest memory as a, as a Fitzroy supporter? What's, what's the thing that I you 
I was talking about this yeah, during the week, ironically, about someone else. Yes, we made the finals in 1979, 81 and 86, I think. And in 86, we probably should have made the grand final. But, you know, if your auntie had a moustache, she'd be your uncle. You know, there's no there's no great, uh, you can't do much about the ifs and buts. But I remember very clearly in 1972, when I was uh, 10, I just told him how old I am. Yes, I am now 50, 10. And uh, <laughs> my uh, absolute childhood hero was a chap called Kevin Murray. Now, Kevin Murray was the 1969 Brownlow medalist, and he was one of those players who just epitomized my club. And uh, Kevin was playing his 300th game in the very distant town of Geelong. And uh, I convinced my mother and father that we really should go to Geelong and see Kevin Murray play his 300th game. These days, people play 300 games pretty quickly. But in those days, you're only playing 16 or 17 games a year. He'd taken two years to go and play in Western Australia. It was a massive achievement. And for a period of time, he was the, the game's record holder for the in those days, VFL. So going down to Geelong and seeing him play in his 1972 game, we were belted from one end of the Cadinia Park to the other, but it didn't matter because we were there and we celebrated Kevin Murray. It was just a great, great um, memory. The other thing that I'm pretty proud of as a Fitzroy supporter is I have been to each of the home grounds that Fitzroy has called home. So this won't mean anything to your, you know, your local listeners, but to people who are listening in this part of the world. Brunswick Street, the original Fitzroy ground, the Junction Oval, Princess Park, they had where Carlton were based and Hawthorne were based for a while. They had two stints there. Victoria Park, the Collingwood ground, the Western Oval, the Footscray, now Western Bulldogs ground. Every one of those grounds, Fitzroy called home at some stage. And I, I saw games at each of them. Subsequently, the Lions have played at the Gabba. I've been to the Gabba, obviously, and seen them play up there as a home team. And when they were the Brisbane Bears, they used to play at, uh, on the Gold Coast, which is now where Gold Coast Suns play. And I've seen Brisbane play on that ground, albeit not as a home team. So I've seen every home ground that my club has has played at, and not many supporters can say that, I reckon. Okay, so do you... I, I'm, I'm guessing that you ensure that you are at every Brisbane game in Victoria now. Do you find your way to those games? I average less than one per year. Ouch. Okay. Okay. Because because well because you you've also you know we haven't touched on this yet because you have had mm-hmm. you have another you know another career that you're involved in as well, which you know I like I said you're 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 kind of a renaissance man in in terms of using your voice uh, because you you and before I go on to that I do want I do want to mention here real quickly and I don't I don't know how much television you watch, but there's, there's one TV series that, that I've watched that does pay tribute to Fitzroy. I don't know if, have you seen the show Jack Irish? I've heard of it. Okay. I don't get a lot of time to watch TV as people are now. I can understand. I I get, um, but you know, of course, you know, Guy Pierce is a, is a big Geelong Mm. supporter. Uh, I've, I've reached out to his people to try to get him on the podcast that hasn't worked at all yet. Um, but well, he's from Geelong. I'll see if I can, right. if I see him in the street. No, he's not. He, he, he is from Geelong. He went right, to Geelong, right. but he doesn't live here anymore. Right. But um, one of the scenes or one of the sets for that show is a, is a pub that, that he is in quite frequently that has uh, three or four old timers who were probably in their 80s. And it is just just covered with Fitzroy regalia and such. And they're con- and it's in the present day. So they're constantly reminiscing about what it was yep. like when the club was still there. So it's just, it's just kind of a neat that they're, that they're paying tribute to that. 
But yep. that that uh, that um, particular hotel is on Brunswick Street in Fitzroy, which is the street upon which the Fitzroy Oval was on. So it's very, very, very local. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Now you've also worked as an as a uh, announcer, the VFL and VFLW for almost 15 years. Is, and are you, are you still doing that? Cause I know we've talked so, a little bit about it. Yeah. It's it more like up. 10. It was more like 10. Uh, no, okay. I'm not doing it anymore. Um, so the VFL and VFLW for those who aren't aware is the, the next level down from the AFL and AFLW as the name would suggest. Um, I started off doing some calling in 2010 or 11 thereabouts um, with a local station that was doing all of the Box Hill Hawks games. Now Box Hill Hawks being the Hawthorne reserve um, affiliated team. Um, I did that there for about seven or eight years. And then I was getting, it was, <laughs> I was only ever getting a game in Geelong once every two years. Um, every other week I was up to Melbourne, which is a 70 K drive there and back. And for some, you know, places like Casey are a further 30 or 40 Ks the other side of Melbourne. So I was, and it was all voluntary. So we weren't getting paid or anything. So it was starting to cost me time and, and money. So I approached the Geelong football club and said, uh, how about I set up an online station and I'll call some games uh, under the brand of gofooty.live and we will, uh, you know, we'll do Geelong's VFL and VFLW games. We did that for one season. Um, I think it was 27 or 28 games in the end. And then along came Captain COVID and stopped the VFL in its tracks. And then when the VFL relaunched in 2021, they made the decision to um, include teams like Brisbane, Gold Coast, Aspley from New, from Queensland, uh, Southport from Queensland, also uh, the Greater Western Sydney Giants and the Sydney Swans. So there was every likelihood that I would be, you know, a Geelong would be playing at Brisbane. Well, I couldn't afford to pay to go up there and broadcast the games. The other thing that they started doing was playing games on Friday mornings, Friday afternoons, wherever they could fit them in. And I, I have a full-time job. So, you know, to do that, I, I couldn't, it was too unreliable and, and too unpredictable to be able to keep doing it. So I pulled the pin sadly, but if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have the two blokes chatting radio show. So, um, you know, it's all swings and roundabouts a bit. Okay. So that, that's how you, that's how you uh, got joined up with Mr. Cameron then to do that is, is through your, your announcing then. Yeah, so Rob and I both were presenters on our local radio station, 94.7 The Pulse, here in Geelong, um, the heartbeat of Geelong. And uh, we were each doing separate programs. I was doing a music program called Turn Up Your Radio, which was uh, just 70s, 80s, 60s kind of music and, and the story behind some of the songs, that kind of thing. Uh, Rob was doing a show called Sports Fix, and he found out that I was doing VFL commentary and suggested I might ring in a VFL report each week to his program. Uh, particularly focusing on on the cats, um, and we did that, and then he became part of the GoFooty.live calling team. And on a Thursday night, we would sit down and talk about the game that was coming up on the weekend. I said, "Why don't we record this and we'll stick it out as a podcast?" So two blokes chatting became the podcast because it okay. seemed like a descriptive name. Um, we did that for the season. Then in at the start of 2020, when COVID hit in in Melbourne and Geelong the station decided that they only needed two hours or they only wanted two hours live broadcasting each day. And it was reasonably obvious which programs they would put on six days a week between nine and 11. But they said to us, do you want to do an hour each or do you want to, you know, what do you want to do? Cause it's only going to be for three or four weeks while we get past COVID. Ha ha ha. <laughs> on the same time scale as my six months out of teaching. And, um, <laughs> 
I said, well, why don't we, you know, the podcast seems to be a bit of fun. Why don't we get together? We'll go for two hours. We'll call it the two blokes chatting radio show. Mm-hmm. And that's, it was completely by accident that it started. We're now about 105 uh, episodes in. So uh, it looks like it's here to stay. Yeah. And, and you, with everything that went on, you know, yes, ever you know, people were at home binging Netflix and and going through you know their entire catalog there, but but they were also desperate for something that was kind of you know current and then the present and now and 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 I think in many ways you guys were probably a, a lifeline to a lot of people just to have some sort of or semblance of normalcy during that that two week period where we were flattening the curve is how we described it here. Yes. Uh, that- uh, Rob and I have the word normalcy and Rob and I have never been using the one sentence before. So congratulations on that as well. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate to call a, a mate, uh, one of Melbourne's leading commercial radio stations, uh, stations, uh, presenters. And I was talking to him probably about three months into it. And I said, mate, I can tell by the sound of your voice, you're really tired. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, you're getting, I, my take on this is you're getting sick of getting up at every morning at some ungodly hour of the morning, presenting for three hours, trying to lift the spirits of people mm-hmm. in an environment where lifting the spirits of people was just really, really hard. Right. And yeah, there were, there were programs they were doing, you know, most of the commercial stations in Melbourne were, were doing normal programs. That is they, they were seen as an essential service. So therefore they continued to go, but what was the news? How many people had died? How many people were in hospital? How many people had been, you know? So on a Saturday morning, Rob and I made the conscious decision to get away from contentious current affairs and politics. That, If you want that, there are a million stations will bring that through the week. So on Saturday morning, we describe ourselves as companion radio. It's the kind of thing that you can sit down with a cup of tea on the back veranda and just listen to two blokes chatting. Uh, and I mean that in terms of, you know, not the name of the program. There are right, two right, blokes. Right. chatting and we we kind of make it sound a bit like if you were sitting in a pub and there were two guys sitting at a table having a glass of something cool on a warm afternoon and they were chatting about stuff and you sat down at the next table and listened in it's that kind of conversation or maybe we'd invite you into the conversation have a three-way chat and that's Mm -hmm. pretty much the basis of the program i mean I, i i love the concept of that i mean that's uh and and i i really think i really think that it was something that you probably did help get people through this and are you know even the aftermath of it today are probably doing that still you know the, the, well, go ahead yeah I, I i think you're probably right and it's very nice of you to say i think what happened was um you know when you, you're sort of jammed in a room and you haven't got the option but to listen to us you know that everyone was sick to death of netflix and and foxtel and all those other things they'd they'd watch the 2001 and 2002 grand final over and over and over and over again they were sick of that having I keep using the, the program name. I don't mean to. Two blokes chatting uh, on yeah. the radio on a Saturday morning, keeping it, you know, amusing, entertaining, informative, I think was was important. And they've kind of stuck around, which is nice. Yeah, that's 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 terrific. Now, I, I, I had one more uh, kind of footy-related question that I wanted to toss out at you here before we sure. uh, we wind down here. If... And you've been a, you've been a footy fan for almost 50, 10 years. I like that because I just I just turned fifty nine uh, a couple of days ago. So I'm right. I'm looking you get far behind. Yes, I'm looking forward. To, I'm actually looking forward to being sixty because uh, my dad died when he was fifty nine. So I want to get fifty nine over with and yeah. move on to sixty. Fair um, enough to yeah. So if you were 
if if you were given Brad Scott's job or mm-hmm. Gil McLaughlin's job, and it's up for grabs right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, I do that on Thursdays. I could just squeeze in with everything else I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. So is there a rule change that you would <laughs> love to see implemented in the game that 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 would be maybe pragmatic? <laughs> I'd I'd like them to have less rules, to be honest. Um, one there's there's a rule that used to be around when I was a boy called push in the back. Apparently, it's still in the in the rule book, but it never gets paid. And I understand the the game has changed dramatically over the last fifty years. Clearly, um, where in the olden days it wasn't so much about whether you won the game as to whether you won the fight. You know, there was a, it was a brutal game back in those days. And for those who who are listening, you know, you've probably seen a bit of AFL type footy, but no helmets, no padding, no nothing, just a pair of shorts, a pair of boots and a very flimsy jumper. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the old head is sacrosanct kind of rule has taken precedence and concussion. All, and I absolutely agree that that's a great idea. But some of the things like when someone gets a shove in the back, pay the free kick. When someone gets the ball and throws it to their teammate or passes it to their teammate, call holding the ball let's actually use the rules that are already there um i think that the 666 has been good for um for the spectacle uh so i think having the game bit more open there was some talk at one stage of going back to the old vfa which was the predecessor to the vfl um rule where they only had 16 players on the ground rather than 18 you didn't have the two wing players um I think that would open the game up, but I think it would take something away because I think those roles are really important for the transition of the ball from one of the ground to the other. And I, I, I think also you would probably see a little bit of a, a push from the uh, the players' union. Yes, about absolutely. Having, about having fewer people employed in the game. That's, that's... <laughs> you, you can put two, on, two more on the bench and they'd still get paid. I think the other thing that I would do outside of the actual on-field stuff, and I've, I've, we talked about this on the Two Blacks Chain a couple of weeks ago, there is a real disparity between the, the the world as as uh, in, what they call interstate sides, um, what they mean is non-Melbourne-based sides mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Melbourne-based sides. So every year you play one, t- you play everybody once, and there are five other teams that you play twice to make up the twenty-two weeks. Right. When the season starts, I would like to see the first five rounds being played amongst the three lots of six on the ladder. So the top six teams the next six teams and the bottom six teams from the previous season have the first five rounds where they all play each other. That means that they're going to be all five games are going to be reached. Well, all nine games across the five weeks are going to be reasonably close because they're going to be kind of pitched against teams that they were kind of the same as last year. Now Carlton have flown up the ladder this year. Terrific. That means they get that extra game against the not so good teams. Then the other 17 teams, you play everyone once. So, the teams that you play twice are the five that were in your six last year, if that makes sense. No, that makes complete yeah. sense, yeah. And then when you – the teams you play once, so Brisbane plays against Carlton once, um, the following season they played on the other ground. Mm-hmm. So if it's in Brisbane one year, it's in – but the problem we've got is yeah, Essendon and Collingwood have to have the Anzac Day game. Melbourne and Collingwood have to have the um, the Queen's Birthday game. Hawthorne and Geelong must have the Easter Monday Day. Uh, Richmond and, and Essendon must have the Dreamtime game. If you notice anything about all of those teams, every single one of them is based in Victoria. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Right? So it's That's- all it's this VFL thing. So I think 
two things I'd do with the fixture. One, I would make sure that the first five rounds are competitive because everyone wants to sell memberships. Who wants to get to round five and have their team sitting on the bottom with a percentage of 60%? To me, it's just not fair on those teams trying to sell memberships and so on and then rotate through the others. If it means that Collingwood and Essendon end up in two different segments of the ladder the previous year, that's okay. They only yeah, get to play yeah, each other once. Yeah. It might be the Anzac Day game. It might not be. It's, right. it's that kind of stuff. Well, it's it's interesting. And you mentioned, you know, what, what club would want to be at the bottom of the ladder with a percentage of 60 right now. If you look at the ladder as it is today, hmm. there's one club that would probably say, sure, we take a percentage of 60. Uh, <laughs> I think there's two, isn't there? I well, think they, got one... their se- they got their second win, though, this week. Yes, so, but they still have a very ordinary percentage, that's, I think. That's... I wouldn't call the mid fifties ordinary, <laughs> but yeah, I understand what you mean there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so where can, uh, you know, where can people find uh, your website for untypical and, and where can they find your podcasts? That's very kind. Thank you. So uh, www.untypical.com.au. So that's where you'll find all the stuff around untypical. There's a page on there called untypical media which will um, also show you what the podcasts are. Um, The radio, um, we've picked up one of those funky dot radio domains. So we are 2BC, the number two, then the letter BC dot radio. That's where you'll find the two blokes chatting radio show. Okay. In terms of the podcasts, the key podcasts to look out for are probably the regional 250, which you can search for in Apple podcasts and Google podcasts and Spotify and all the usual mm-hmm. places. I think Amazon's got it. Uh, so that's the, the regional 250. Um, there's another one called untypical thoughts, and that's just me pontificating for five or six minutes about something to do with business. Um, and you'll find that by going and looking for untypical thoughts in your podcast stores. Uh, and here's a breaking news. Um, there is a new podcast. I'm going to take a break after 50 episodes of the regional 250, and I'm going to create a new podcast, which is very much in the pre-productions called my birth year. And you'll be able to find out about that at mybirthyear.au. There's no .com in there, just mybirthyear.au. And I'm going to do something similar to what I've done with the regional 250s, but talk to 55 people who were born in the 55 years between 1945 and 1999. And it'll be about what do they remember from their days as a kid? What was the popular song when they were born? All that kind of stuff. So that's the next one um, that's going into pre-production very soon. Well, that's one I hadn't heard about. That's great. That's uh, yeah, no, it's breaking news. I've just announced it worldwide. It's the worldwide launch right now, right at this minute. Well, hopefully, a few people will still hear about it. No, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's yeah. So that's about a month or six weeks away at the moment. Okay. That's I, I love that. I love that idea. That's uh, hmm. yeah, because there are so many. You know, and I, and I find I'll be honest with you. I I listen to pretty much footy podcasts and true crime are, yep. are kind of the genres that I, that I, that I'm into. Um, although I, like I said, I did, I have discovered uh, your other one that the regional 250, which I've really enjoyed, but it's, uh, you know, there are niches out there for, for everybody in, in terms of podcasts. Mm-hmm. So you can, you, you know, and you have to find that, that little crevasse, that little Avenue yep. in there to try to, to try to find, you know, your listenership there. So Neil, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your Wednesday evening. This was a lot of fun. I thank you. Thank you for the invitation. No, happy to be here. Oh, the other website, if I can just plug this one as well, is podversations.au. 
Okay, and I and I hadn't mentioned that. I actually had that written in my note that I, I or my notes. I said I I do love that term that you use on there where you're having a podversation rather than a conversation. I did write that down and I forgot to mention that there. That's okay. So podversations.au. There's no .com in there as well. So no, very much appreciate the opportunity to chat to your audience. Um, and uh, oh, as you've worked out, I don't mind a chat. And so that's the whole basis of why podversations rather than podcasting. I don't like people who pontificate. Uh, they just sit there and tell us everything they need to know. Um, it, yeah, everyone's entitled to my opinion, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, the, the podversation concept. By the way, if you want to bring together those uh, the genre of footy podcasts and true crime, just have a look at some of the games that Brisbane play. Um, some of the losses we've had have been true crime. I'm just going to say that while I can. Well, we're, <laughs> we were recording this uh, a few days after the, the trip to, to Melbourne. Oh, um, that was the one game I did go to this year. Well, and I, and, and I'll be honest, I tipped Brisbane in that game. Um, I did. I tipped them to win by 10, but they lost by 10 goals oh, yeah <laughs> 15 yeah it was an absolute shocker never mind i was i was very surprised by that because i because and i just i just released a new episode last night i i wanted to see what melbourne was going to be able to do without max gone mm. i mean that's your it was a proof it to me and they yeah they they proved it with you know luke jackson played a terrific game yeah i think the, the upshot of it was the, the ruckman plays an important part but uh, when the ball gets down from three metres, uh, the midfielders come into play and, and Brisbane's midfielders combined just had a shocker. There were two or three of them missing and Melbourne just decided. I think they had a point to prove after the previous three weeks. It was just unfortunate we turned up that day or didn't turn up as the case may be. Yeah, I, and I, I think had they had it been a lesser club than Brisbane, you know, we might have seen a, a triple-digit loss. By well, it should have been lost anyway. They kicked what 13 22 or something, so uh, it was a very, very the, the only positive I could take out of it was the last time I saw Brisbane play that badly was in round seven, I think it was, of 2001 against Carlton at Princess Park. It was an absolutely disgraceful performance. They peeled off the next 16 games in a row and won the grand final. So I'm hoping that's what's going to happen this time around. Well, there you go, there you go. That's uh, that, that would be, uh, yeah, my, my favorite player plays for Brisbane. Okay, he's he's the person that actually, he's the person that that pushed me into becoming a Geelong supporter, uh, Nakaya Cockatoo. Oh, okay. Well, he's yeah. not playing at the moment. He can't get a run. Right, right. But yes, he's on the list. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, another one of your ex-cats, a bloke called Lincoln McCarthy. McCarthy. Yes. He goes all right. Um, yeah. Played 27 games in uh, Geelong over seven seasons. In the three seasons he's been in Brisbane, he's played about 60. Yeah. Um, I sponsor him. So uh, Link and I are mates, which is good. So I get the chance to catch up with him a couple of times a year as a okay. sponsor. Functions. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, been, he's been phenomenal mm. uh, for that. And a really young man too. Yeah. Um, yeah. It comes from regional South Australia. Uh, really nice fella. Yeah. All righty. Well, ladies and gentlemen, again, my guest has been Neil Butler and I will be providing all of the links that, uh, that we discussed in the show notes. And again, Neil, thanks so very much, sir. Uh, and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Thanks, Craig. It's great to be here. Great to be anywhere at my age and uh, we'll, uh, we'll chat again, no doubt. All right. Thanks a bunch. Cheers, mate. Cheers. All right, and a huge thank you to Neil for taking time out of his schedule to sit down and chat. He's a great man, and as I said at the beginning there, what an absolutely wonderful voice. Okay, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be patronizing, just I, I could listen to him read the phone book or a dictionary. Just a, a, a dynamic voice. 
and uh, you know he's doing so many terrific things right now and telling so many wonderful stories about Australia that quite frankly you didn't necessarily know that you needed to hear but now that you've heard them you're darn glad that you did because I think it's the kind of thing that helps to galvanize or bring together such a vast country because so many people in the population live in the major metropolitan areas it's great to see what's going on in some of these small areas now folks don't forget that if you want to help out my podcast head over to my website ayankonthefooty.com you can get on the mailing list which I hope that you'll do you can leave a review for the show there if you'd like to do that as well that's a huge help lets me put that out on social media and tell other people what folks think about the show and uh, if you want to help out the show monetarily you could certainly do that you can click on my buy me a coffee button there as well or you can check out the store page which is up at the top as well and every episode of the podcast is over there there are links to listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, there's a link for it there. So folks, again, I do hope that you'll head over there and, and get signed up on the mailing list so that when a new episode comes out, you'll have it in your inbox as quickly as possible. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I, ch- I close out every episode asking you to look out for one another, to check up on one another, to let your friends know that you love them, and... I'm sitting down recording this snippet in the evening after I attended yet another funeral of a former student of mine, uh, a former baseball player of mine. I mentioned uh, this, I believe, in a previous episode. This is a young man who played baseball for me for a number of years, uh, who I had known since he was about five or six years old, and he passed away last weekend as a result of a drug overdose and as I had mentioned uh, when my son was in the eighth grade that there were 13 players on the team that he and his friends played on and myself and one other one or two other coaches were coaching we've lost four of those young men and they would all be about age 25 right now so please look out for one another Be careful with the choices that you're making in life. Make good choices. I'm not telling you to do things. I'm not telling you not to do things. But there are a lot of scary elements in society and in the world there, folks. And unfortunately, we are not in a video game. There is not a reset button. Please be careful. Look out for one another. Tell your friends and family that you love them. Check up on them. Okay? Check up on them, please. If you need help, if you need to contact somebody and you don't know those numbers, I have those numbers in my show notes every single episode. If you're here in the U.S., if you're in Australia as well, please check out those numbers. And folks, I thank you for the kind words. And as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 191 of A Yank on the Footy. Again, you can reach me at any of my socials on Twitter at yank underscore Ron, A Yank on the Footy podcast over on Instagram, A Yank on the Footy on Yank on the Footy podcast on Facebook as well. 
I do hope you'll uh, share the episode with your friends and family. And if you need to email me, folks, again, if you've got a great show idea, a yank on the 40 at gmail.com or sign up on the guest list on my website. Folks, thanks so much for checking it out. And until next time, this is Craig Wessels. And goodbye. <laughs>